It's a Wednesday night, amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. You excited that it's Wednesday? Yes. We're in September. Mm -hmm. 2020 is coming to a close. Glory to God. A new life means new opportunities. Yes. Means new doors, new anointing. And uh, I want to read a scripture from 2 Chronicles, chapter 24. 2 Chronicles, tw chapter 24, it's talking about Joash, who was king when he was seven. And we're going to start in verse 4, 2 Chronicles 24. And it came to pass 
said, Joash was minding to repair the house of the Lord. And he gathered together the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out into the cities of Judah, gather of all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year, and see you hasten the matter. Howbeit the Levites hastened it not. In other words, they didn't act quickly. Everybody say, act quickly. Act quickly. When God speaks, we act. Amen? Verse 6, And the king called for Jehoiada, the chief, or the chief priest, and said unto him, Why have you not required of the Levites to bring out of Judah and out of Jerusalem the collection according to the commandment of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and of the congregation of Israel for the tabernacle of witness? For the sons of Aphelah, uh, that wicked woman has broken up the house of God and also has dedicated things of the house of the Lord to um, bestow upon Balaam. So uh, how many know that God's gifts were, meant, were not meant for false gods? Right. Right. Okay? So verse 8. And the king's commandment, at the king's commandment, they made a chest and set it without at the gate of the house of the Lord. Kind of like what we have in the back there. And they made a proclamation through Judah and Jerusalem to bring to the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, had laid upon Israel in the wilderness. And all the princes and all the people, what did they do? Rejoice. They rejoiced. Say, I'm a rejoicing giver. And brought in and cast into the chest until they had made an end. Now it came to pass that at that time, or at what time the chest was brought to the king's office by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money, said there was much money. Much money. Amen? Amen? The king's scribe and the high priest's officer came and emptied the chest and took it and carried it to its place again. Thus they did day by day, and gathered money in abundance. All right? And so the king, uh, he got with the, um, he hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord, and also uh, such as wrought iron and brass to mend the house of the Lord. So the workmen wrought, and the work was perfected by them or completed by them, and they set the house of God in its state and strengthened it. And when they had finished it, they brought the rest of the money. Everybody say the rest of the money. Rest of the money. Not only did they have enough to pay the workers, they had some left over. Amen? Amen? I love this because this speaks of abundance, plenty, generous giving, overflow, and more than enough. Anybody get excited about those words? Here's the thing. When you put money into this offering, you're putting it into God's kingdom. God receives it, uses it for his work, takes care of his house, takes care of his people, and in return, everybody say in return. In return. He gives you more than what you gave. Yes. Amen? Amen? And God is a, the best accountant you've ever met. Amen. He's never lost a penny. Amen? So Father, I thank you in the name of
name of Jesus. Lord, that as the people here, they give, as the people watching online, Lord, they give via, through the means, Lord, uh, that they can give. And we just give you thanks and praise that in return, Father, you bless them abundantly in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 So you can give as any time during the service. And you that are online watching, you can give through the website at bcfpa.org. Someone say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is so good. I'm excited. Are you excited? Yeah. You know, God was made for such a time as this. He is a brother that was born for adversity. And he just doesn't want us camping out in trouble. He wants us to go through it and say, that was easy. Amen? Well, let's go in the Bible tonight to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And we're continuing. I, I'm trying to get out of this chapter, but I just can't yet. Have, have you ever experienced that the Word of God is just so rich that you just... You know, it's better than a lay potato chip. They say you can't just eat one. I mean, I'm telling you, the word is so good. It's so rich. It's so wonderful. It's so life-changing. I'm so thankful that I'm a Bible junkie. Amen? I can be addicted with no side effects, but positive ones. Glory to God. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Starting with verse 2. We give thanks to God how often? Always. For you all. You know, there's a lot of people in your life that you can be thankful for. But you're giving your thanks to God. Making mention of you in our prayers. Remembering without ceasing. Your work of faith. How many is putting your faith to work? Right? Your labor of love and your patience of hope. In our Lord Jesus Christ and in the sight of God, our Father. Now, I want you to pay attention to verse 4. Knowing, brethren, beloved. Say, I'm beloved. I'm Say, I'm God's beloved. I'm, God. I'm telling you, when God thinks about you, that's what he thinks about you. He thinks of you as his beloved. And you are his beloved. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election in God. How many know that you have been elected? You have been Chosen. Yes, we're going to have an election here in this country on November 3rd. And we're going to use our voice and we're going to exercise our rights and we're going to choose someone who we think would best lead this country and stand for righteousness. So I hope you vote because God has already cast his vote for you. Do you know your election? Do you know that God has 
chosen you. He has selected you. He has elected you. And he's electrified those he's elected. Yeah. What does it mean when he says election? This is God's divine selection. All right? It means he has chosen you out. He has selected you out. And he has given you a specific outcome. He has chosen you. He has marked you. He has set you apart. You've been chosen by God. God specifically chose you. And because he chose you, you found your way to him. He didn't choose you after you chose him. We're going to find out that he chose, he chose you much, much, much sooner. What this means is you've been given gracious admission into heaven's privileges. Woo! You have been chosen to have a gracious admission into heaven's provision. Oh my goodness. He's, you've been chosen to have special privileges. You've been chosen to have abundant life. You've been chosen to have your needs met. You've been chosen to be healed. You've been chosen to be delivered. You've been chosen to be set free. I thought I would just calmly teach us to that. I don't know about that. <laughs> See, God elects people to be Christians, but we get to choose how to respond. God gives everybody the same choice. Amen? But God chose you. He called you out of the world. He made you his child. He endowed you with his power. And he chose you to be his very own. Powerful. Go to 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 2. I want to encourage you tonight that you have been chosen by God. And I don't want you to take that choice lightly. God, when God chooses something, he doesn't choose it flippantly. He chooses it thoughtfully. He makes his choice based on his wisdom and his grace. And his glory. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Oh, this will make this will cause you to be bound to give thanks. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. When did he choose you? From the beginning. The beginning of what? The beginning of creation. He chose you before you were 
born. He designed you before you ever thought in your parents' mind. He chose you. He designed you. And he brought you forth. From the very beginning. If you're a baseball fan, he chose you from the beginning. <laughs> God chose you and brought you to himself. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. There's two Bible names that I love saying. Deuteronomy and Thessalonians. It just kind of flows <laughs> off your tongue. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 37 to 40. And because he loved your fathers, Therefore, he chose their seed after them and brought you out in his sight with his mighty power of Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world, so God chose you and brought you out of the world. He brought you out of darkness. He brought you out of despair. To drive out nations from before you. See, he brought you out and he's going to bring you into something better. Yes. Greater and mightier than you are. To bring you in and to give you their land for an inheritance as it is this day. How come you get their inheritance they don't? Because God chose you and you chose him and they didn't choose him. See, who you choose matters. Yep. Amen? I'm glad I chose God. You made the right choice. Verse 39. Know therefore this day and consider it in your heart that the Lord, he is a God of heaven above, upon the earth beneath, there is no one else. You shall keep therefore his statutes, commandments, which I command you this day, that it may go well with you. How many want it to go well with you? Is there anything that you can do to make it go well with you? Keep his word. Right? Simple. Keep his word. Alright? And your children with you that you may prolong the days upon the earth which the Lord your God gives you for how long? Forever. Forever. Go to Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 and 8. Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 and 8. For you are a holy people. God made you holy. When he chose you, he made you holy. Right? You're a holy people unto the Lord, your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people. If you're close to someone, look at them and say, I'm special. And you're special. And God chose you to be a special people under himself above all the people that are on the face of the earth. Wow. You're unique. Verse 8, or verse 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all the people, but because the Lord loved you. He chose you because he loves you. He would keep the oath which 
unto your fathers. Has the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondman from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt? Amen. Charles Spurgeon said this. There are two great truths which from this platform I have proclaimed for many years. The first is that salvation is free to every man who will have it. The second is that God gives salvation to a people whom he has chosen. And these truths are not in conflict with each other in the least degree. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And we're going to see how someone was chosen and what they were chosen for. See, God didn't just choose you, but he chose you on purpose. He chose you for a purpose. He chose you to do something for his kingdom in this earth. He didn't choose you to be a couch potato. He didn't choose you to veg out of life. But he chose you to carry his banner of love to the world through how you think, how you speak, and how you act. He chose you to help him build his kingdom on this earth. He chose you to be his mouthpiece. To be his hands, to be his feet, to be his eyes and ears. He's given you the ability to touch others. Amen? You have holy hands. In Acts chapter 9, and uh, let's start with verse 3. Okay? Paul, who was previously named Saul, he was out persecuting Christians. What that meant was, if you were a follower of Christ, Paul would get permission from the religious leaders, and they would give him letters. And he would come, if he found out that you were a Christ follower, he would come to your house, he would arrest you, he would imprison you, and he would oversee the mistreatment of you. Sometimes that would even lead to your death that he approved of. So Paul was going to persecute some people. Verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. Listen, when God puts the spotlight on you, get ready, get ready, get ready. And he fell to the earth. You know, everybody says he fell off his horse or donkey, but the Bible doesn't say that. But he did fall. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? See, I want you to know God had chosen him. God didn't choose you based on your past. God didn't choose you because uh, you're perfect. Amen? God chose you because he loves you. And he's got something. Say, God has something for me. God has something for me. Say, God picked me, God picked me. to be 
on his team. Who aren't you glad he picked you? Amen. So God had a plan for Paul, but Paul was not doing God's plan. Paul was doing his own plan, even though he was a chosen vessel for God. And he said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard to kick against the pricks. And he, he trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will you what? Have me do. When you know that you're chosen, the automatic response is, what do you want me to do? Paul knew that he was now identified by Jesus. And his response was, Lord, who are you? What do you want me to do? Okay? He said, arise, go into the city, and it shall be told you what to do. Whoa! See, God never wants you to choose without faith. So Paul wasn't told what to do then. He had to follow the instruction. Arise, go to the city, and it'll be told you what to do. Or what you must do. Notice, must do. That's pretty strong, isn't it? And the man which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. <laughs> I bet they were freaked out. <laughs> they heard a voice but they didn't see anybody. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. Now he's blind. Did you know that when God chooses you, he'll give you the opportunity to accept his choice or to opt out. It's kind of like what the bank does when you sign a mortgage. They give you a three-day rescission period. Once you sign your name, you have three days. And if you choose to change your mind in those three days, you can, you can cancel the contract. But after those three days, you're locked in. Okay? So this was God's rescission period for Paul. Verse 9. And he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. Who would want to eat or drink? Verse 10. And there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Look at the response that he gives. God's got a small assignment for Ananias, but he's about to jumpstart a worldwide ministry. Yeah. Ananias was a jumper cable for God. He jumpstarted Paul's ministry. He didn't know that that's what he was going to do, but God is telling Ananias, I've got something for you to do. Here I am, Lord. Let me say, here I am. Here I am. So, um, the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. Behold, he prays. <laughs> Woo, God, know, God knows exactly what's going on. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. So while Paul's praying, 
God is showing him a vision of Ananias coming and laying his hands on him. God chose Paul, but God chose Ananias. Whether you're chosen for something small or something great, be, make yourself available for God. Everybody say, I'm willing. And I'm obedient. And I'll eat the good of the land. You know, God is looking for people who are willing and who are available. Notice Ananias didn't say, I'm sorry, God, that doesn't work with my schedule. He said, he didn't say, God, I can fit you in on Tuesday, but ah, not now, no. When God speaks, that becomes your number one priority of that moment. Amen? When God is speaking, everything else becomes second. And what, he said, what God is saying becomes first. Okay? Verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many things of this man, how much evil he has done to you. How many would think that would God choose someone who's evil? He, he would. Because when someone responds to God's choice, they stop being evil. Guess what? We were all evil before we met Jesus. If you go to Ephesians, it says we were um, children of disobedience in darkness, right? Until we come into the, until someone comes into the light, they're in darkness. Now notice. And verse 14, and he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on your name. That's some authority. So bind him up if you call on the name of Jesus. Now notice what the Lord says in verse 15. This is important. The Lord said unto him, go your way, for he is a, what? Chosen vessel unto me. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So God chose Paul to bear God's name before Gentiles, kings, and the Jews. Right? Notice. That order, Gentiles, kings, and Jews. Now, when Paul responded to God's choice, he put Jews, Gentiles, kings. He put it in reverse order. And who gave him the most trouble? The Jews. Why do you think God put him third? See, if, if Paul would have just followed God's instructions and put Gentiles before Jews, he probably would have had less trouble. But, but notice, say, I'm a chosen vessel unto God. The Berean literal Bible said, he's my vessel of choice. The contemporary English version said, I have chosen him. The Dewey Reigns Bible said, this man is a vessel of the election to carry my name. So, he 
is God's choice. Say, I am God's choice. You have been elected to be a member of his family. You have been elected to be a participant in his plan. You have been elected to participate in all that he has to offer. Glory to God. That get you excited? John Gill, who's a commentary of the 1700s, he said this, he is a chosen vessel unto me, a choice and excellent one. Did you know that you're God's excellent choice? When God chose you, the angel said, Father, you made an excellent choice. When God chose you, the son said, Dad, you made an excellent choice. When God chose you, the Holy Spirit said, you made an excellent choice. God made an excellent choice. When God makes a choice, he doesn't have to rethink it. God didn't waver in choosing you. He boldly chose you. He confidently chose you. He was excited to cho choose you. He is an excellent one, full of the heavenly treasure of the gospel, full of the gifts and the graces of the spirit, and so very fit and richly qualified for the use and service of Christ and was a vessel of desire. This is John Gill. Or a desirable one, as the Jews speak of. Hallelujah. He was a vessel of election. He was an instrument. God wants to use you as an instrument. You have a part to play in his orchestra. And the Holy Spirit is our conductor. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He coordinates. He conducts. He brings all the parts together. And he makes them work beautifully. Say, I've been chosen. God, the Bible says God chose Jacob over Esau. Remember when Rachel, or no, Rebecca, pregnant? She's like, what's going on? And he's like, there's two nations in your womb. And the younger will serve the older. I'm, I'm sorry, the older will serve the younger. I caught myself there. Romans, go to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. See, if God chooses you, then he qualifies you. You don't have to qualify to be chosen. You don't have to perform a certain thing for God to choose you. You don't have to, all you have to do is say, I'm, I'm here. Romans 9, verses 22 and 23. Or 20, 22 to 25. 
What if God, willing to show his uh, wrath and to make his power known, enduring with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy? Did you know that you're a vessels of mercy? And he wants to make known the riches of his glory on you? Verse 24, even us whom he has called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles, as he said also in Hosea, he said this in Hosea chapter 2, I will call them my people. God's, God's here tonight, he said, you're my people. <laughs> you're my peeps. I'm amongst my people. God loves to do things among his people. He loves to hang out with his people. He loves to bless his people. You are God's people. Yeah. Yeah. Why? He chose you. He put his name on you. He put his mark on you. You're part of his family. I will call them my people, which were not my people. There was a time when we weren't, but he called us his people, and we became his people. Because God calls those things that be not as though they are. And her beloved, which was not beloved, and it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. You have been called, you are called the child of the living God, so own up to it. It's time we act like children of the living God, not the dead God, not the religious God, not the hateful God, not the spiteful God, but the living God. The loving God, the good God. You've been chosen to represent him. He's given you an assignment in this earth. Hallelujah. You'll be called the sons of the living God. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're talking about chosen, your election. Don't you know your election? You've been elected. And guess what? There's not a re-election. <laughs> You're like a judge. You've been elected for life, for eternal life. Amen. We, we probably won't have time to get to it, but the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. When God chooses you, he's not going to say, oops, I made a mistake. No, God chose you because he meant to chose you. That was his plan all along. And he's not going to change his mind. Whether or not you, many are called, but few are chosen, that's because few are, are remain faithful to what they've been chosen to. See, the few that are chosen are the ones who are faithful, who will stand out, who will get close to God. They're, they're the faithful ones. They're the diligent ones. They're the ones who are seeking God. That's the few that are chosen. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 7. But God, who is rich in mercy, ooh, our God is so rich in mercy, he's got mercy coming out of his ears. For his great love, wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. 
by grace that you're saved, he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. This is what comes on the people he has chosen. He wants to show us his goodness. He has quickened us. He has raised us up. He chose us when we couldn't make a choice for ourselves. He chose us when we were dead in sins. He chose us to be a part of something better. He chose us when we were helpless. He chose us when we were separated from him. He chose us because he knew that you would live up to his choice. Hallelujah. So he chose us. He chose you to be raised up, not put down. Hallelujah. It's going to take him ages to show us how good he really is. And he's, it's, going to make, it's going to take ages for us to see the uh, awesomeness of his choice. When God chooses you, you get insight into him, his kingdom, and his way. Who, who, who he chose, he said, come here, come here. I want to show you something. See, see this? This is yours. All of it. You can have it anytime you want. It's yours. I'm giving it to you. Everything that heaven stands for, everything that heaven has, is yours right now as we speak. It's not going to be yours. It's not going to be transferred to you. Wanted. It is yours right now. Whether you accept it or not, it's yours. But if you want it to benefit you, you've got to accept it by faith. Go to John 15. Oh, my goodness. John 15. The weight, knowing that God chose you. Jesus is talking here. John 15, verses 15 and 16. Henceforth, that means immediately, straightforward, from now on, I call you not servants, for the servant does not know what his, what his Lord does, but I have called you friends. You know, God chose you because he wanted friendship with you. He chose you because he wants to fellowship with you. He chose you because he wants a relationship with you. For all things I have heard of my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus makes known to his friends what his Father tells him. Whatever his Father shows him, he shows his friends. Sometimes that might be a video or the vision. Sometimes that might be through the preaching, the teaching of the Word of God. God will show you. What his father showed him. Now here's the kicker. Verse 16. You have not chosen me. God did not choose you because you chose him. He said, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth some fruit. And that your fruit should remain 
that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, I give it to you. See, he chose you, and he chose you to be fruitful, so it's time to start showing in some fruits. Spiritual fruit, productivity for the kingdom of God. What kind of fruit are you producing for the one who chose you? What kind of fruit are you bringing to the barn? Spoiled, rotten fruit? Fruit, whatever, whatever you picked up on the ground? Like Cain? He didn't care what he offered God. He just picked up whatever he had. But Abel now, he went through the flock and he chose, he picked. He got the best because he was giving it to God. And he knew that whatever he gives to God, it had to be his best. Because why? He's giving it to God, his creator, his Lord, his Savior. Whatever we give to God ought to be our best. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you before you could ever speak. I chose you before you were born. I chose you. He chose you. And why did he choose you? Because you are a fruitful tree. He chose you and he planted you by the rivers of living water because he knew that you're going to produce some fruit. You got some fruit that you can bear in your life. He chose you to be fruitful and that your, your fruit should what? Remain. What you do, how you respond to God's choice will make the difference in your life and in the lives of others. What if God chose me and I didn't say yes to his choice? If I didn't say yes to what God chose me to do, I wouldn't be here tonight. The last 18 years would have been very different in Palm Island. But God chose me long ago. I didn't know where I was going to end up. I didn't know where I was going to be. I just knew that he chose me. And wherever he said go, I went. Whatever he said do, I did. Whoever he said talk to, I talked to. Whatever he said give, I gave. And here I am. I stand here before you tonight because I responded to the choice that God made. I didn't even know Paul Myra existed <laughs> until God said, go to Paul Myra. I'm like, okay. But that was his plan for my life and for my family's life. And we're here because we want to produce some fruit that remains. We want to see some lives transformed. Amen? We want to see bodies healed. We want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. We want to see people coming out of darkness and coming to Jesus yeah. and being saved yeah. in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Doesn't matter whether you're female or male. Doesn't matter whether you're, if you're a, a child or an adult. Amen? It's good for it's good for everybody on every area in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm. Go to First Peter chapter two. I'm almost done for tonight. First Peter chapter two. 
verse 9. But you, as I said, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. What does he say about you? He says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. A peculiar people. That means God's own people. Doesn't mean peculiar doesn't mean strange. Now we use it as strange, but that's not what God is saying here. When he's using the word peculiar, he means you are God's own. Did you know? God did not have to take a survey when he made his choice for you. He did not have to say, what do you think of her or what do you think of him? No, God made up his own mind and he chose you. That you should go forth because God chose you to get off your duff. And you should show forth the praises of him. Do you know that whom God chooses and those whom accept his choice, he praises? That's my boy. That's my girl. That's my king. That's my priest. He prays. Go forth and show his, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Which has not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Daily beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from flesh and lust, which, which war against the soul. So God chose you. And he chose you to go forth. To show the praises of him who called you out of darkness. It's, listen, let's put away the darkness and let's walk in the light as he is in the light. Having fellowship one with another. Amen? Amen. Why? Because we're chosen. We're a chosen vessel. You're an elected person whom God has specific. God put your name on the ballot. God put a check by your name on the ballot. God wants you. Uncle Sammy wants you, but God wants you. Yeah. Why? God's got a job for you. God's got an assignment for you. God's got something for you to do. Amen? You've been chosen. Hallelujah. He chose you to be, to have a part in his inheritance. Because he chose you, you can approach him anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You've been given a backstage pass into the Holy of Holies. You have access that no one else has access to go into anytime you need to, anytime you want to. You can go into the Holy of Holies. You can have a conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Him and I, you can have dialogue. He can talk to you. You can talk to him. He'll show you what to do. He'll solve your problems. He'll encourage you. Yeah. That's what it means to know your election, to know that you've been chosen, yeah. to know that you've been picked. 
you've been selected. Welcome to selective service. I've selected you. And this is what, and see, when God chooses you, he says, this is what we're going to do together. God doesn't choose you so that you can just do it all by yourself. No, no, no. He chooses you so that he can work with you, walk with you, minister through you, touch through you. The world can say we're in this together, but I'm telling you, God says we're in it together. There's a different togetherness that we have with God than the world has. The world thinks they're together because they're doing the same thing, but we're together with God because we're in fellowship and relationship with Him. There's a difference. What the world is, is conformity. But we're not supposed to be conformed to the world's image. We're supposed to be transformed into his image and in his likeness. When God chooses you, he makes you look like him, think like him, talk like him, and act like him. Amen? Amen. Say, God chose me. God I'm a chosen vessel. I have a work to do. I am available for God to do what he needs to do. See, a vessel is designed to be filled and poured out, to be filled and poured out, to be filled and poured out, to be filled and poured out. He says that you're, you can be a vessel of honor. Meet for the master's. Are you meat for the master's use? Or do you have limitations on what God can do through you? And Moses, I want you to go deliver my people. Oh, no, God, I can't. I can't speak. It's okay. I've made your mouth and tongue. Uh, but I'm not eloquent. I'll give you the words to say. Who are you, God? Tell them that I am that I am. They're not going to believe me, God. Oh, yes, they will. Show me the signs that I'm telling you to do. Moses was chosen. And he was arguing with God why God made a bad choice. How'd that go? It didn't go so well. See, if you think that God made a bad choice in choosing you, you're the one who's wrong. Just suck it up. Because you're not going to win an argument with God. God will answer every one of your excuses and then some. And a person without excuses, the only thing left is action. Moses said, okay, I'm going to deliver your people. <laughs> Who went to Egypt? It was Moses. He ended up doing what God said to do, right? Yep. So don't argue with God that he made a bad choice. God knows what he's doing. God knows who he chose. And besides, God can change you. Did you know that Saul didn't remain Saul? He became Paul. Why? Representative of a new nature. He no longer had a desire to persecute. He had a desire to proclaim. He went from persecuting to proclaiming because he accepted God's choice. Amen? And he went on to do great things for God. And so will you. So let's 
choose God tonight. I mean, stand to your feet. Let's choose joy tonight. Yeah. Let's choose divine help tonight. Amen? God can heal every aching bone. He can loose every stiff muscle. And he certainly can eradicate every sickness and disease that tries to get in a person's body. Besides, God paid for this house and he owns the house. And he decides who gets to reside in the house. Amen? But tonight we're going to kick doubt out. We're going to wave goodbye to wavering. And we're going to stand strong in who we are
one for the books. This is a moment where you have heard my word. 